Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Andrew Millen, and a very welcome back to the Celtic Soul Podcast. Podcast is available across all pod platforms, and you can also hear us on Celtic Fanzine TV. Both the Celtic Soul Podcast and Celtic Fanzine TV are brought to you by more than 90 minutes Celtic Fanzine, which first went on sale at Celtic Park 21 years ago. Issue 122 is now available to buy in both print and digital format, and you can get all the details by visiting CelticFanzine.com. A big shout out to BC Services, Kentstown County Mead. And in particular, the gaffer, Brian Cunningham, for his continued support of the fanzine and for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're a Celtic-minded business or a Celtic supporters club and you like what we do and you would like to sponsor an episode of the podcast, the fanzine or the website, please email info at CelticFanzine.com, message us on social media, you'll find us across most of the platforms or leave a message at CelticFanzine.com. Joining me today for chat is Glasgow political activist Tommy Sheridan. Tommy's a former member of the Scottish Parliament and an active campaigner for Scottish independence. Tommy Sheridan, you're very welcome back to the Celtic Soul podcast. It's been a while since we chatted, so how have you been doing and what have you been up to? Andrew, it's uh, always a pleasure to join you, brother. Um, as you know, I always try and promote the podcast and everything that uh, you do, uh, the, the more than 90 minutes um, magazine is is fantastic, uh, and uh, I just want to take my hat off to all all of the work that you do. I, I think the Celtic family um, should tune in as much as possible and support the, the the type of work you're involved in. So it's a pleasure to be here. I've been particularly busy um, with a lot of independence stuff, uh, Andrew. The the independence campaign, Scottish independence, has now began to kick off again. Um, and the one thing that's now very, very clear is that we're in a race with Ireland. Um, because it now looks, I mean, a couple of years ago, I would have said, we'll have Scottish independence before Ireland unified. Now I'm not so sure. I think you guys are uh, heading towards unity as well. I think uh, it's clear the demographic uh, details a couple of weeks ago showed that uh, now looks as though the nationalist community outweighs the unionist community in Northern Ireland or the north of Ireland. So um, I think you guys are, are looking t- 
to get rid of the British Union as well. But by the way, you're not alone. So is Wales, because uh, they had a big march on Saturday. Over 10,000 marched in Cardiff, which is one of the largest they've ever had. We had 7,000 marching in Edinburgh, and we've got a big demo in Glasgow in Freedom Square and George Square on, on, on Saturday, 8th October. And I'm hoping that all listeners um, who support independence, who maybe will be watching the Celtic game in the pubs in and around Glasgow, will, will watch the, the game against St Johnston and then pour out the pubs and, and join us in, in the square and celebrate the cause of independence. Yeah, Tommy, I, I suppose it's, it's, it's perfect timing as well to have you on the podcast. But before we get into your uh, political, political um, conversation, um, Tommy, just a quick, uh, how, how happy are you with how the season has gone so far under Ange? Well, I'll tell you what, Andrew, if you're, if you're asking this question um, two weeks ago, then you're giving a 10 out of 10, aren't you? You're absolutely um, flying. We appear to have players who last year, Greg Taylor, one of them, who I thought was a weakness last year. I think he started this season on fire. I think he's one of our most consistent players. And he's now started doing something that he wasn't doing last season, which is making forward passes. Last season, I felt it was always safe, always safe, inside, inside, inside. Now he's actually making passes that are splitting defences down the, 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 the back and letting the, the, the forward get in behind defences. So um, him and uh, Jota, uh, I love Cameron and Cara Vickers. Uh, I think the big fella, Morris Jens, um, looks great. I think Juranovic has been, been fantastic. I think um, the, 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 you know, Abada... Um, up until the Real Madrid game was on fire against Rangers he was outstanding he was unplayable uh, I think he had a, a bad miss against Real Madrid uh, right at the start of the game followed by a second miss I mean what a goal that had been Andrew I mean look how good was that the, the pass from O'Reilly the pass from Jota Abad is in he's only going to keep it a beat and goodness gracious uh, it was like a pass back and after that, I think his head went down, uh, Andrew. But I thought we competed for the first hour brilliantly against Real Madrid, against the European champions. We didn't look out of place whatsoever. And if Maeda scores his chance, which was so straightforward, uh, when you see it over and over again, he scores that chance. You just never know what might happen. So um, if you're asking me how I think it's went up until the Submarine game, I think we were doing brilliant. Uh, I think the Submarine game was a massive disappointment. Uh, I think Ange has probably learned that taking Callum out in the middle is maybe a rest too far um, because I think he, he brought in um, Moy hoping that he could play that role, uh, kept Callum in the team but in a more advanced position and it just didn't work. We, we, we didn't dominate, we didn't, we didn't have the tempo, we didn't get in their faces and the truth is Samirin outbullied us. Uh, they, they, they were very physical I'm not going to uh, have a go at them because they, they get their tactics to a T. Uh, and the truth is, Andrew, on the day, they deserve to win. Uh, you just can't, you can't say. It wasn't as if there was poor decisions or uh, they had a, a lucky goal or whatever. They deserve to win on the day. Uh, it was a kick in the ass for us. And maybe it's a kick in the ass that we needed, Andrew, um, because hopefully there'll be no more complacency. And Ange might 
He's saying to himself, okay, I made seven changes against Ross County and you wouldn't have batted an eye because we were outstanding uh, against Ross County. You wouldn't have known that there was all those changes. However, it doesn't always work. Uh, and it never worked against St Mirren. Um, so maybe in this busy, busy period coming up, um, this next six weeks, I think we've got something like 13 games or something of that order, 12 or 13 games. I think we need to go for a bit of consistency, in my opinion. And on, on the backside of that, you know, even up to Ross County, I almost changed the whole team and put in magnificent performance. So, it, like, and I was thinking, wow, what, what, what a man! He can change so many. And then again, St. Mirren with just too many players underperformed, Tommy. But Tommy, um, just <laughs> still on Celtic. How's your real podcast partner, Frank McGarvey? Frank's brilliant. Um, he had a wee bit of a, 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 a problem a few months ago. That really, um, the illness we 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 Tommy and it was quite uh, serious, Andrew. But no, he's he's back on his horse. Um, he he's great fun to do the podcast with. Um, our difficulty, Andrew, is uh, our cameraman um, is no longer as available as he used to be, um, and he was you know he does it free of charge. He's now getting uh, paid employment uh, and we can't, we can't compete with that. So it means the podcast hasn't been as regular as we would like it to be. Uh, we're going to try and rectify that. I've also started a bloody uh, new course, Andrew. I'm, I'm, I'm now uh, back at university. I'm, I'm the oldest guy at the bloody university. I'm doing a, a social work, an advanced social work degree. Um, so that appeals my time and my availability as well but we're hoping to make it at least once a week if we can because there's so much to talk about and Frank's got so many stories I mean he's an absolute fountain of experience and knowledge Um, particularly when it comes to the forwards he he talks very very well about the forwards and the forward runs and he keeps making the point that we're not yet getting the best out of Kyogo in terms of the runs that he makes behind defences. We're, we're, I think we're still a wee bit uh, reluctant to, to play that ball either over the top uh, or down the, the middle behind the defences because he makes... I mean, I, you, you and I watch the games. If you watch Kyogo's runs, he always does that run where he, he runs towards the ball, then turns and he gets in behind and he's so fast. The amount of times he does it and we don't find him. Uh, I think we need to try... Uh, and make that a, a bigger feature of, of an attacking play. And Frank would know if you, a thing or two about scoring goals for Celtic. Listen, the guy, you know, that's what I love about doing the podcast with, with Frank Andrew. You and I, we dream about what he's experienced. You know, we would have loved to have played for Celtic. We would have loved to have scored for Celtic. You know, he, he, he doesn't he just score. He's, he's, he's a member of an exclusive club and that he's got over a hundred goals. I mean that that is a very exclusive club for Glasgow um, Celtic. And also the thing that I, I think is important to, to emphasize about Frank's playing time with Celtic, the five seasons that he spent there, there weren't they just uh, or wasn't it just one team that he was competing against. Dundee United and Aberdeen were dominant in that period. Um, so playing against Rangers was always difficult because they're the good team as well. But Dundee United and Aberdeen were winning cups and winning leagues during during that period. Um, so it was a remarkable period in Scottish football 
uh, when we had four dominant teams instead of just two dominant teams. Yeah, uh, you know, a regular a regular occurrence was Scottish teams appearing in European finals. Absolutely, it was. I mean, fantastic. You know, I, I think the United's got that uh, incredible record of being unbeaten against Barcelona. <laughs> Only played them twice, but they're still unbeaten. Tommy, uh, just uh, keep staying, staying in the Celtic with your Celtic hat on, you've been very active in your support of the Willie Maley Monument. The fundraising committee in Yuri uh, have done exceptionally well, and I know you helped them out with the, the big gig in, in, in Glasgow, the dinner at Celtic Park, which I attended, and it was a magnificent night with Martin O'Neill. Um, and you were also over for the Hooli, that happened in Yuri, and that's the only word to try. What a night that was. Uh, two, two different type of nights, Tommy. One you put your suit on for, one you took your suit off for. Um, <laughs> and maybe put a suit of armour on. It was a wild night in Yuri and, and a wonderful night in, in Glasgow. So I'm hearing now, Tommy, that there's a date set for the unveiling of the monument. There is a date set, Andrew, and uh, because, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm just back from university. I've been in university all day. Uh, and I'm, I don't want to get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the 15th of April. Um, I, I think it's Saturday 15th of April uh, 2023. I know they were trying to get it as uh, as near to Willie Mealy's birthday as possible, um, but the, the date is definitely set. If, if that is wrong, please go on to check the, the Willie Mealy Twitter account. Uh, and you'll be able to find that uh, in, in detail. But the, the the guys and gals who have been involved, the, the brothers and sisters who have been in the Willie Bailey Memorial Committee have done an absolutely incredible job. Uh, and, and by the way, the same type of job that those who did the Bobby Lennox statue, those that are doing the Billy McNeil statue, I, I mean, the work that Celtic fans do in and around Celtic and the whole... Celtic culture. It's just incredible and absolutely fantastic. Um, but they, they've reached the stage now um, where they have the money in the bank, they have commissioned the statues getting made uh, as, as we speak, uh, and they've got the uh, date ready. I think they're going to have a big, big night uh, in the Canal Hotel, I think they've put. Uh, so there'll be a massive night. I think we're going to have a wee march uh, with foot bands and things to, to the statue. We're going to unveil the statue and then we're going to have a, a wee night in, in uh, Newry. And uh, it will be a fantastic night, a fantastic achievement. And it will be there forever. You know, it's it's, 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 it's an everlasting memory for Newry of the birthplace of one of Celtic's most important individuals, Willie Mealy. Um, you know, we sing about him every weekend. It's only fitting uh, that there is a statue of him in his birthplace. Yeah, Tommy, I think that's 15th of April. I'm just looking at the Twitter account here. 15th well, of April, and it is... 15th of April, I got it right. That's what I said, 15th yeah. of April. And, and there is a function in the Canal Court, and tickets are 15 quid, and they're available from the, the committee. And there'll also be a speaker on the night, which I imagine might be you, Tommy. Well, I, I think there's going to be a selection of speakers. I know the committee have, have been on asking us to go over again. And we, we are certainly, myself and two other guys, uh, Shuggy and Stephen, um, helped. Well, the, the three of us got together and, and, and we pushed the, the, the big dinner uh, dance. I couldn't have done it without the two of them. They, they were fantastic. Um, and uh, the, the committee's asked the three of us to come over. So 
I certainly hope we can all make it. Um, and uh, if we could say a few words, I'm hoping. And if he's listening, um, Martin, um, on the night, Martin O'Neill was tremendous uh, in, 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 the, uh, in, in the dinner. As you know, you were there yourself. Uh, it was it was fantastic. And he said that he wanted to speak at the unveiling. So we're hoping that Martin will speak at the unveiling as well, uh, Andrew, which would be very fitting to have uh, one of our managers from the north of Ireland speaking at the unveiling of a statue to the very first manager that we had who was from the north of Ireland as well. Oh, fitting tribute. Fitting tribute it will be, Tommy. Tommy, um, I got a message off you um, after your your friend Coolio passed away. Um, an unusual friendship, Tommy, for a, a left-wing political activist from Glasgow and a rapper, a world-famous rapper from um, the States. But Coolio, Tommy, Tommy, you met him in the Celebrity Big Brother house, uh, a place I've never been. But uh, I did, I did watch both of you in it. Um, just take us back to the time um, when you met him, your thoughts, thoughts on him, how the friendship grew and um, what a loss he'll be. Andrew, it's a, it's a shock and a half, pal. It really is. Um, I'm, I'm still getting to grips with it because when you're 59, you know, he was only a year older than me. And what happened in, in 2000, January 2009, I was involved, I was invited to take part in the Celebrity Big Brother show. And I made no bones about it. I told everybody at the time I needed the money. I was doing a law degree. I got offered to me a substantial amount of money to take part. So it was a no-brainer for me, Andrew, to take part in it. Um, obviously, it was a bit of trepidation. You don't know who else is going to be in there. But I, I had an absolutely brilliant time. I was in the house. It was only on for 21 nights, that particular series. And I managed to last uh, 18 nights or 19 nights. I went out in the weddings. That's right, 19 nights. Um, and two of the guests, one was Wee Vern. Um, so some of you will uh, remember Wee Vern, uh, Wee Minnie Me, um, who was a great wee guy. And unfortunately, he's passed as well uh, a few years ago. Um, another uh, was Terry Christian um, from, from Manchester, who used to... Um, host the, the the show The Word, which you know, growing up was a, a brilliant show. It was a, always on the edge. It was it was it was a very uh, popular show and, and something that I used to enjoy. And then um, we had Julio, um, and when you meet the guy, he's just a larger than life character, Andrew. As I've said to everybody who's asked me. He's the type of guy that when he enters a room, he dominates the room. He just dominates it. He just fills the room with joy and, and laughter. Um, and he was just a brilliant guy to be around. And me, uh, Vern and Terry and Julio, we, we made up a wee team uh, during the, the, the Big Brother. We used to uh, pal about. We used to, I mean, for anybody doesn't realise it, Although you see the big brother and you think it's all these tasks, there's hours and hours and hours of doing absolutely nothing. So there's loads of time to talk and to chat. Um, and there was one incident in particular where this sort of a, uh, made the, the Coolio's mind up was that he wanted to visit Parkhead. Uh, I, I was in the, the celebrity big brother toilet. Or it was a bathroom, big area, and I was in. 
Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. They have been some exercises. And uh, Latoya come in. Latoya Jackson, she was also one of the guests. Um, and Coolio knew Latoya for America, as did, did, did Vern, but... Latoya came in and, and she started talking to me, telling me all about her life. And um, Big Brother then says, um, this is Big Brother. Latoya, um, for the next five minutes, you must repeat everything that Tommy says. Um, so I thought, oh, well, I've a wee bit of fun with that. And I, I sang Flower of Scotland. So she had to sing Flower of Scotland. And then I thought, oh, to hell with this. Um, I, I know I'll lose a lot of votes in Scotland. But what the hell? And I sang Hail, Hail. And of course, Latoya had to sing Hail, Hail, the Celtic. And of course, what then happens? Well, she's singing it, singing it loudly. Yeah, the bold man, Coolio, puts his uh, face through the, the, the door and says, Hey, man, what's that song? What's that song? I want that song for the LA Lakers. It's, it, he loved it so much. He wanted to commandeer this song. He thought it was brilliant. And that then led to the discussion about this being a fundamental song in Glasgow Celtic uh, and how brilliant Parkhead was and he had to come and visit Celtic Park. And he promised me that he was going to do it. Um, so uh, we go out in the 21st of January, I think it was. Um, I, I got out on the 19th and the show finished on the 21st. Within days, I think within three, maybe four days, Coolio, uh, we, I was in the house because we hadn't seen the family for about three weeks, obviously, because I was down in London. And I had all my family uh, in my house in Cardonald. Gail had made her lasagna with everybody in. Phone goes, Andrew. Hey, Tommy, what's up? I says, oh, how's it going, mate? How's it going? Bro, he says, I'm in Glasgow. I says, what? He says, yeah, I'm in this hotel, the Jewelry Hotel. I says, uh, Come and get me. Come and get me. I'll come and visit you. I said, you're pretty much now. So that was it. I'd taken the phone call in one of the rooms. I was in next door and I said to Dale, who's, who's always uh, lacking confidence about her cooking, and she'd watched Coolio on the show being an absolute master chef. He was a brilliant cook. He cooked loads of stuff during Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah, apparently, he's on cooking shows. He's on, and I went in and said to uh, Gail, I said, Gail, have you any lasagna left? She says, yeah, there's loads of she says, oh, that's good. I says, we've got a, a new visitor wants to come and taste the lasagna. She says, hey. I says, oh, Coolio. <laughs> <laughs> you could have picked her up after the flare, Andrew, you know. Um, so I drove into the tune, five minutes into the tune, uh, brought Coolio back. And, you know, you would have thought he knew everybody. Because within 10, 15 minutes, 
he's just talking to everybody. And my all, all my family, my sisters, my dad, my my mum, um, my, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, and he loved the Waynes. There's a wee picture I put up on my Facebook. My wee niece, we Abigail, they were only tots at the time. He's got him sitting on his knees, getting pictures taken him. I've, I've put pictures up on my my Facebook and my Twitter pages uh, of that. He just loved them. He loved the kids. He was so gentle uh, with them. He was brilliant with them. Uh, he was brilliant with the rest of the family. And after hours of, of being in hospital, so the wee game of poker as well. <laughs> he, he loved that. And then he invented the game of Scrabble. Because um, uh, he said he was a good Scrabble player. And I put that to the sword because I absolutely dubbed him at Scrabble because... Uh, uh, after all the times I've spent in prison, you, you end up being quite good at Scrabble. So uh, I, 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 I gobbed him at that. But what happened is, uh, he says to me, Tommy, I better go. Uh, she says, I need problem. I said, do you want me to drop off? He says, yeah. I was supposed to open, I can't remember the name of the club, I think it was Bablos or, or Bablo or something in the tune. The reason he was in Glasgow is he'd been brought up to open this nightclub, this new nightclub. He was supposed to be there at 11 o'clock and it was now back at 12. <laughs> he was busy there. So I had to drive him up into the town and get him to the, 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 the club and, and he opened up. And since then, he, he, he's been back in my house several times thereafter. Uh, every time he, he's, he's in Scotland or Europe, he always contacts us um, and he managed to uh, come to uh, one particular time uh, in 2017 um, Andrew, he, he, he contacted us to say, Tommy, Tommy, I'm, you know, this, is, this is probably, I think it's the Wednesday of, of this week. And he, he calls me, he says, Tommy, I'm, I'm coming to Glasgow on Saturday. I said, Oh, great. Said, Can we go to a Celtic game? <laughs> I'm like, oh, for God's sake. And it was against Hibs. We're playing Hibs at home. Um, Brendan Rogers was, was still there, as, as you know. Uh, and I'm saying to myself, leave it with me, mate, leave it with me. So I contacted uh, somebody I knew, big uh, Tommy Melville, who owns a couple of pubs in the, in the town and clubs. I said, look, any chance you can see if you can get some hospitality? I've got Julio here, want to come to the game. And I said, oh, leave it with me, leave it with me. But then uh, I was speaking to another guy, boy, Jerry McDade, who does, does some work with Celtic TV, and he says to me, Tommy, they're always looking for people to do the halftime draw. He says, have you thought about contacting them and seeing if they... I says, ah, OK, who, who should I call? And it was a guy, I think it was Paul Daly, that I, I phoned up. And I says, hey, hi, Paul, Tommy Sheridan here. How's it going? I says, what about Saturday's uh, half-time draw? Have you got anybody yet? And he says, actually, no, we don't have anybody. And I says, well, what about the one and only gangsta in paradise, coming to paradise to do the draw? He says, what do you mean? I says, Coolio. And he, he, there was a silence at the end of the, the morning. I said, no, I'm serious. He says, you kidding me? No. I said, no, he's coming to Parkhead on, the, on, on Saturday. Do you want to be doing it? Oh. He says, give me 10 minutes. And okay, he went away and I spoke to whoever he had to speak to and come back. He says, we'd love him to do that. He says, there's two tickets to go with it. I said, a beauty. Uh, meantime, Thomas uh, Melville had already got his three tickets so we managed to get to Gail and Gabriel uh, a ticket. We got Cooley a ticket. And then, obviously, we went to the game. And Andrew, oh, it was like a kid at Christmas uh, waking up to presents under a tree. When when we walked up the stairs uh, and we were in the main stand, right looking over at the Green Brigade, you know, he just 
absolutely loved it. He just he, he was in awe of the whole thing. I mean, outside, I have to say, before we got in, it took his ages to get in. So many fans wanted photos well, and he loved all of that, and he was great with all the fans. He, he was stopping big photos. But then when he got inside, ah, absolutely brilliant. So then when it came to the uh, going up to do the the, the, the the draw, I did say him, I said, now listen, mate, I said, I'm I'm not particularly well quoted with the, the board and all that stuff. So don't you know, don't mention me and you better not mention the Green Brigade either, I says, because uh, sometimes there's a wee bit of tension between them and the hierarchy at Celtic. He's like, oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> he goes down to the interview. I think it was Mark uh, 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 Wilson was there, and uh, oh God, the other, I know the other guy. So you'll excuse me, I can't remember his name. And and uh, of course, what does he say? He gets asked, "So what are you doing here?" And he says, "I'm here with my homie Tommy Sheridan, and I'm here to see the Green Brigade." <laughs> <laughs> well, it was absolutely brilliant. So listen, mate, he, he, he loved Celtic. He, he, he loved the, the parkhead. Uh, he ran up and down the, the ground that day. He talked about it for years afterwards. Uh, when he sent his message for uh, 17 onwards, he always finished with hail, hail. Um, he just loved it. And to hear of his passing, Andrew, it's just a shock, mate. He was a beautiful guy. And what a talent. Uh, and you know what? He'll never be forgotten. Um, and after coming to Parkhead, he'll never walk alone either. And now Roy Peter Curlio, I remember those images. I was at the game, but them images flashed around the world as well. So what an ambassador he was for that short time. He was he was in paradise, the gangster in paradise. Tommy, I can't have you on the show without um, talking about the political landscape. Um, you've spoken about where the, you know, the big Scottish independence rally that's coming up. But there's also a new Tory leader, Liz Truss, there's worker strikes, and there's also the emergence of a strong union leader in Mick Lynch. So, Tommy, come on, give me, give me your, give me a five minute comment now on, on the political situation well, in Britain. Andrew, it's a matter of nature isn't it? that every action causes a reaction, uh, and and you now have. We thought, didn't we? We did think that we'd scrape the barrel with Boris Johnson. We thought he was the worst we could ever get. He's he's a, he's a absolute buffoon. Uh, a lying, deceitful, rotter, uh, totally rancid. You couldn't believe a word that came out of his mouth. And you thought to yourself, well, we never voted for him, but that's the worst you can get. And then lo and behold, you've now got list trust. You've, you've went even lower into the sewer of, of political uh, deterioration, the decrepit. This is Britain. The British Union is disintegrating before our eyes, Andrew. The, the idea that these are the representatives of the British Union now show you how uh, disintegrating they are. Uh, and from my point of view, they are attacking workers, they're attacking public services. And we don't just have Mick Lynch, we don't just have Eddie Dempsey for the RMT. We've got Dave Ward and the CWU, we've got Sharon Graham and Unite. We've got other good local trade union leaders who are saying... As the campaign's been launched, Andrew, enough is enough. That, that, that's the campaign has been launched. It's got over 500,000 people have affiliated to it. And as well as the struggle in Scotland for independence, there is a struggle against cuts in wages and conditions that has led to massive strikes. I was on the picket lines last week talking to a, a, a lot of young boys who are now relearning some of the traditions 
that my mum and my dad talked to me about in terms of trade unionism, sticking by the workers, picket lines, never, never becoming a scab. All of that is now becoming part and parcel of life uh, for a new generation of fighters, uh, Andrew. And I'm absolutely convinced that the working class are now up and fighting. They're off their knees at last. Uh, and they will not go back onto their knees. Uh, Mick Lynch himself said that he said, we're fed up being on our knees. We're not going to live on our knees any longer. And I, I think that's vital, uh, Andrew, that the working class say that we're going to fight because, as he said himself, if you're not bargaining, you're begging. And I don't think we should be begging. It's all right for them. They're getting their uh, offshore accounts. They're getting their bankers' bonuses. And all we're getting is food banks. Well, that's just not good enough any longer. Andrew, and that's why there's going to be a massive battle this uh, this winter, uh, and I believe the trade unions are going to win. Yeah, Tommy, um, like Glasgow is not different from the town I'm from. It's it's a bigger it's a bigger city, but you know you see people being fed by by people by decent people who who make pots of stew and go down and feed the homeless people in in it or the biggest town in Ireland. But it, it, it's a sad case, but. We walked through. We were in Glasgow for four days for the Ireland Scotland game, Tommy, and we we had a, we had a great time. And we were we were walking regularly. We were staying in Hope Street, and we were walking regularly through under the bridge. And um, you know, some some of the younger lads maybe it was the first weekend they go on day trips, but they wouldn't really experience Glasgow. And they were going under and everything. And a couple of days later, a picture flashed up, and one of the young lads sent it to me, and he said, "Is that the bridge we were under?" And I said, yeah, that's Central Station. And there was this line of, of people, you know, getting fed. And, and he couldn't believe it because, you know, there he was in, in the city enjoying himself, you know, and all it goes with, you know, a weekend away with your friends. And then, he, but, you know, he actually noticed that this was where he was. And I think people, especially young people now, Tommy, are becoming so aware. Of, they're not just accepting, um, they're not just accepting you know, this is what it is. They're starting to say, well, hold on a minute, they're starting to question things. And I think that's a real positive within the within the younger people. Definitely, Andrew. The, the most important question that young people have to ask is why. Why is there so much wealth cheek by jowl with so much poverty? Why the salary so big for bankers but it's so small for nurses? Why do we have carers and other public sector workers having to rely on benefits and food banks. That Helaman's umbrella, as it's known in, in, in Glasgow, the bridge uh, that you're talking about, hundreds, literally hundreds, every single night are fed. And by the way, that's a charitable organisation. It's a voluntary organisation that feeds the homeless. I know a number of the people who are involved in that. It's, it, it's one of those campaigns that you support, but you don't want to support because it shouldn't be necessary, Andrew. And a, and a city like Glasgow, with the wealth that it's got, why do we have so many people needing to be fed in the street with soup and, and blankets? It, it's it's unacceptable, mate. That's what it is. And I I just hope so many more young people say, no, that's not our future. We're going to make a better future. And I've got to say, mate, I'm, I'm sorry if it sounds like I've broken down record, but it's one of the reasons why independence is so important to me, mate, because I want to break the British Union I want Scotland to be an independent country and I want that independent country to wage war on poverty and inequality 
not an ordinary people thousands of miles away in different countries. Tommy, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got that from you because you always speak so passionately about, about politics. And indeed, um, it was just great to hear about, you know, your time with Coolio uh, and, and what a wonderful person he sounds like, you know, just a down-to-earth guy who was, just, you know, who could have just come out of that house and went, yeah, you know, I'm, ba- I'm back doing what I do. But he decided to come to Glasgow on, on a numerous occasions. And also, you know, you know the podcast you do with Frank McGarvey, excellent podcast, folks. And if you get a chance to listen to it, it's on YouTube. The Willie Mary, which I'm involved in, great to talk about that. And always great to talk about Celtic. Tommy Shedden, thank you so much for your time. And hopefully we'll get you back on maybe, you know, down the line so we can get an update on Scottish independence. Brilliant, Andrew. It's always a pleasure, brothers. Heel, heel. Your gentleman, Tommy. Thank you so much. Once again, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks to Tommy for joining me for a chat. And if you're listening on Celtic Fanzine TV, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode of this podcast, Talk from the Terrace, and all our video content. And once again, thanks to Brian Cunningham for his continued support and sponsorship of this episode of the podcast. Folks, we're back uh, live, back doing live shows. So the next ones take place in November. We'll be in Dublin and Waterford. John Hartson will be our special guest in Dublin on Friday the 11th when we will be in Pella Brown's Bar in Dublin. And tickets are available on Eventbrite. And on Saturday the 12th, we will be in the Rue Glen Hotel on the Kilkenny Waterford border as guests of the Portlag Emerald Celtic Supporters Club for their big dinner. And joining myself and John Harton on the night will be another Celtic legend, Lisbon Lion, John Fallon. And tickets for that one can be got from Pat or any of the members of the Portlag Emerald CSC and you'll find them on social media. We have about 15 copies left of more than 90 minutes print edition as we head for another sellout. So thank you very much for your support. Issue 122, it's available to order from our shop on saliclickfanzine.com. We'll also find subscription details, back issues, t-shirts, badges and scarves. And at saliclickfanzine.com, you'll also find daily news and articles, all our audio Celtic Soul podcasts, all our Celtic Fanzine TV video content, we deliver free content for Celtic fans across all our platforms, written, visual and audio. And if you'd like to support us, you can do so by sponsoring, subscribing, buying, becoming a member or donating for the price of a point. And all those details are on the website. Once again, I give it a plug, CelticFanzine.com. So folks, thanks for all your support, not just through COVID, not just last season, but over the past 21 years. We really appreciate it and we wouldn't have been able to grow without your support. It's a busy schedule for Ange Postacoglu and the Celtic team and we'll be there to cover the Celtic fans' journey throughout the season. This Saturday, it's Perth and St. Johnson for a lunchtime kickoff before another big Champions League night at Celtic Park against RB Leipzig. We'll be back next week with another Celtic Soul podcast and you can also catch our Talk from the Terrace podcast on Celtic Fans in TV, which is our match review and preview show. And also... Please follow our Celtic fan journey across social media and on our website, CelticFansion.com. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith. Enjoy the weekend. Hail, hail.